Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the episode of Coffee is for Closers. Uh, we've got a few more people today than usual. So Marco and Mr. Tay Sweat. So Tay Sweat is a client of ours in our done for you sales agency. As we teach salespeople how to make more money, like, like Tay Sweat is who you go to when you want to take that money and make it into more money, right? <laughs> no point having cash in a bank sitting there banking up. You might as well do something with it. So uh, thanks for coming on, Tay. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So just for the guys who, who may not know you because they live under a rock and don't have an app called Instagram, um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you do, man. Yes, sir. So um, I am what you would consider a day trader or swing trader. Um, we trade stock options, stocks, um, even crypto. And uh, I've been doing it for a little over half a decade. And now I, of course, teach people how to do the same. Sweet. And it's going okay. It's going all right. You know, we, <laughs> it's going okay. It's going all right. I heard a story <laughs> that, that you bought a Lambo over Instagram. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Can, we, can you tell us that story? Yeah. It's so, so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny story is I bought a McLaren originally. So I had a McLaren uh, 600LT. And don't get me wrong. I loved my McLaren. But I later found out that I liked the Aventador SVJ a lot better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. You got options. So, right. And we got options. So yeah. I'm looking for a, at least a 2020 or 2021 Lamborghini Aventador SVJ. No one has it. So I find a guy online who is a car broker um, by the name of Brandon PTG 365. and He's like, look, man, I found one Aventador SVJ Roadster. It's brand new off the showroom floor. It will go in about a week. And I'm like, man, how do we do this? He's like, you can wire me 700K now and get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> Love the pitch. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, of course, it was a beautiful car. I really wanted it. So. Um, I had already been trading for the Aventador. I knew it was going to be roughly 700K. So I pulled it out of my um, my brokerage account and I wired him $700,000 over the internet. <laughs> Amazing, man. Did he send you the case? Say it again. Did he send you the case? <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to kind of circle back to that because like, mm-hmm. there's obviously a journey that got you there. Right. You know what I mean, I doubt you grew up being able to wire 700K for a Lamborghini just like that. <laughs> so so not. tell us, like, give us a bit of background about you, like where you came from, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and, and guess like where, where the journey took you to, to being who you are now. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, a lot of people would say, you know, including myself, I wasn't supposed to make it here, to be honest. Um, I was raised with two, you know, two boys. My mom was single mom made maybe $20,000 a year, like super poor <laughs> I mean, yeah. where we come from. And um, 
I basically just told myself, hey, either I'm going to have to get comfortable with being poor or I'm going to have to literally do everything the opposite of what I'm seeing around me. So whatever my mom's doing, whatever people in my neighborhoods are doing, I had to do the opposite. So nobody was reading. That was the first thing. Nobody was reading books. So I'm like, huh, maybe I should start reading books. So, of course, um, around 15, 16, I go out, I start reading books. And one of the first books that kind of like really like whipped my mind around was uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that did it for me. <laughs> that did it for me. Um, and honestly, man, from there, I literally just started to realize that the only way I was going to be rich and, and get what I wanted out of life was to be my own man. Uh, start my own, you know, entrepreneurship, start my own business. And that's that's where I went. So I started as a personal trainer. Most people don't know that. I started as a personal trainer. And I'd say um, the reason, let me say this, it's very important. The reason why I started as a personal trainer is because I was 320 pounds. What? Uh, yes. All right. Can't picture it. Right? <laughs> so I weighed a lot. And I was not 6'3 yet. I was like 5'10 at the time. So it didn't look good. Um, <laughs> so I told myself, hey, I got to get out of this position as well. So I lost the weight on my own. And people were saying, hey, you got you to gotta do this for a living. Like you lost 120 pounds. People need to learn that from you. So I got certified as a trainer. And I went online. Um, and I'm vegan. I've been vegan for 12 years. And I started as a vegan trainer. And I was one at the time, one of the only guys online who had a little muscle on them and didn't eat meat. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where my, uh, my genesis started, right? Good niche. And before you know it, man, I started reading more books from people like uh, Ziegler, uh, Grant Cardone, you know, the, the seller's guides, right? You just got to read yeah. all the sales stuff. And yeah, man, I started selling and I made my first million at 25. Yeah. 25 as a personal trainer. Yeah, nice. That's amazing, man. What's the, what's the, what do you think like the, because I'm assuming you're probably still friends or maybe you're not, but with some of those guys that were sort of back where you grew up with, like, what do you see as like a real different mindset or like decision-making process that you go through and that sort of brought you to the position that you're in? Like you zigged and other people zagged. Right. Mm-hmm. Or other people just kept going straight. So like, what is that kind of key decision-making process or that key underlying thought that runs through your head that, that points you towards that North star? Well, I have a philosophy that I've always followed. I've never heard anybody say it. I'm sure I'm not the first one to say it, but I think for me, I've t- I told myself and I continue to say this, that there's two things to success. One, finding out what it takes to get there. And once you find it, number two, it's actually doing it, right? Yeah. Get the work done. So for me, I, I wanted to seek out that process. And once I found out what it took, I was boss to the wall, right? I got to go get it. Going for it. And uh, absolutely. And what I noticed is that a lot of people around me, they would say they want one thing and then they, would, they weren't willing to do it. Right? Mm. It got hard. It got uncomfortable. It got, you know, it, it took part of their party time. Or maybe they wanted to continue to chase women and I'm trying to chase money, right? <laughs> you know, I didn't want to, I didn't yeah. want to partake in a lot of the things that they wanted mm. for pleasure. I had a bigger dream, a bigger goal. So yeah. for me, I think that was a difference maker. 
Kind of sounds like, and this could be a bad way of putting it, but it's almost like a borderline obsessive personality. Like there's an, there's an obsession mm-hmm. with, so like, you know, you're going to go vegan, you're going to be the vegan guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you're going to go trading, like you're going to be the trading guy, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. it's that obsessive, like I'm going to have a singular focus and I have a, a really dedicated goal that I want to get towards. I'm sort of, I'm sort of a little, a little bit similar in a way. Like, I don't know if you know this, but I was special operations. So I was a sniper. Like, yeah, I was a sniper in special forces. That's where the sales sniper comes from. Right. Um, And so like, I remember like when I was 17 years old, um, I remember seeing the twin towers get hit from, cause, Mm -hmm. cause I grew up in the States. Right. Um, But like I live in Australia now and Mm -hmm. I remember seeing that. And then I had like a, Oh, I'm going to, I got to fix that problem. So I remember from then on, like I saw a um, saw a magazine with a guy wearing all black with an MP5 hanging up the side of a building. And I went to the recruiter agency like like as soon as I could, basically. And I was like, how do I be that guy? And they were like, oh, take this, 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 and this. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And it, like wow. it took me, I think it, it took me like uh, two and a half years to get there, maybe three years to actually get there because I had to go through like 55, 60 courses to get there that are all selective only. So like, I think in my initial bunch, there was like 10,000 applicants from 10,000 applicants, about four or 500 got accepted Mm -hmm. into like actually getting into that scheme. And then from the 400, four of us finished. Wow. Yeah. So um, it was, it was pretty ruthless, but it's very sort of similar. It's like, I didn't party. I didn't like money, like women, nothing. I was just like, I'm going to train and that's what I'm going to do. And that's who I'm going to become. And it was almost like it wasn't, it wasn't that I wanted to do the job is I wanted to be the person that I envisioned I would be when I got the job, you know? And so I think that that's what a lot of guys are missing, you know, like they're, they want the outcome, but they don't want to change into the person who can get the outcome. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to be that guy when you realize that it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. And as soon as like people have to face that little bit of adversity, it's like, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. I'd rather party. I'd rather chase, chase the girls, you know? Yeah. So, so, so like for you kind of going back to that, like buying a Lamborghini over Instagram, which I hope I can do one day <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to. And when oh, I yeah, do, I'll tag, I'll tag you in it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like, like what is that like? It's kind of a surreal moment to kind of like when you sit and you pull yourself back and you're like, you know, obviously Lamborghini is not kind of fun, but it's sort of like just the principle of, having the opportunity, having the option, as you say, in your YouTube channel to be able to do that. Like, I guess like, what, what, what is that kind of, what headspace does that put you in? Does it, does it drive you forward or does it make you complacent? Oh, uh, for me, it actually drives me forward. And the reason why I would say that I get that question a lot. What makes you keep going? You made it right. I get that all yeah. the time. And for me, one, I don't feel like I made it <laughs> yeah. Two, yeah. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I enjoy where I am. I enjoy the fruits of my labor. Um, I'm not one of those grumpy old men who say, oh, I'm going to hold on to all my money and never spend it. No, I want to enjoy it. Right. We work hard. We're going to enjoy what we're doing. But for me, what keeps me going is those options. Mm -hmm. So to to have the option to say, hey, one, I can send this money over the Internet without meeting this person and be comfortable with it is an option in itself, because someone who doesn't have the mindset or even then when I say mindset, I mean the scarcity. If you have a scarcity mindset, many people will say, hey, I can't send this o- o- over the, the web or I can't send this without meeting you. 
because you might take my money, right? It's a scarcity mindset. So to even be able to do that means I'm in a different mindset that I want to continue to grow into, which is what, you know, you kind of alluded to earlier, the person that I am who sent the 700K is what makes me feel good to continue to grow. Yeah. I asked, um, you know, Ryan Serhant, do you know who he is? No. He's like, he's, a, he's the most successful broker in the US, like as in, um, as in a real estate broker. So hmm. he's on a million dollar list in New York. I know exactly has, who that is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's one of our clients. So we do his okay. sales. Right. And I had, we had, I'd have him on the podcast, super successful guy. I think he did, he did like $2 billion in real estate in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Right. He's so that's, it's pretty good. And I was yeah. like, I started asking a similar question. I was like, obviously financially, everything's going fairly well. He makes about, I don't know, 60, $70 million a year personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what sort of drives you? And he goes, you got to understand compared to my clients, I'm poor. Mm. I was like, that's a great point. It's like, you know, they like, they pat him on the back. They buy his coffee for him and they meet him. It's all right, mate. You'll get there one day. Like, you know, like he has to go billionaires. Yeah. These guys are billionaires, you know? So it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, you surround yourself with people and that's why I love working with clients like you because like it, it, it helps to like elevate us and go like, Oh man, like there is another level. There's another level, another level. And you start working with guys who were doing hundred K a month. And then I talk to you and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll spend 20 K a day on ads. It's fine. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> it's like, what? What's, you know, I was used to fighting over trying to get three grand a week, you know, for dudes to spend ads on, but you know, it's, it's really exciting for us to, to get, you know, and it really is, it's that mindset piece. It's like, there's no scarcity. It's like, Hey, I'm willing to spend money because I, I back myself to make it. Mm, yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, man. So like, so what got you, what got you into trading? Like you, you did the vegan trainer stuff and you sort of um, did like, did you sell out of that business or like, like, I guess mm-hmm. like, like, okay. So you exited and then you had some cash lying around and then like, what got you into day trading? It just, I guess I can see the parallels between the, the minutiae that you would have to have gone to in your micro macros in like in order to be a vegan sort of bodybuilder, right? Oh, like, yeah. yes. mate, that Absolutely. is on a different stratosphere mm-hmm. of detail. So I can see the parallels, but what is it that kind of sparked your interest into going into it? Yeah. To bring up your point, that's a great question. Uh, bring back the point with Ryan. I was training a higher clientele. So I had online clients and then I had in-person clients that I charged a nice amount of money per hour to work with me. And one of my clients was a billionaire. His name was Charlie. And Charlie showed me just by, you know, being in his space, he showed me that there was another level that I couldn't reach as a trainer. Mm. <laughs> that was, yeah, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm watching what he's, you know, doing because I would come to his office. Um, he was a private equity guy. And so he also did, you know, stock markets. So he kind of dibbled and dabbled in the stocks. Yeah, okay. And I'm watching how he's growing his money every day. And I started telling myself, man, I have some money laying around. Maybe I should, instead of, you know, doubling down on ads, maybe I should start putting some of that into stocks and see if I can get a return on the stocks and then spend that in ads. That was kind of my thinking. And He's like, dude, go for it. I told him, you know, I told him I wanted to do it. He said, go for it, man. I think you could, you know, think you'll do good at it. So I'm learning a little bit from him, just watching what he's doing. And I'm learning some stuff from some friends that I've met uh, in the, um, the circle that I had. And I came to realize that stocks 
as a trader, take two things, psychology, and that means knowing one psychology of yourself and others, what, what's the other person going to do? What makes them tick? What's going to make a person sell? What's going to make a person buy this stock? You need to know that. Well, I had that because I had to learn psychology of people, what made them tick when they wanted to eat a burger versus a salad. Mm. So I had the psychology part down. But then you also need discipline. So if you buy a stock, you need the discipline to hold it, even when it's green and it's making you money. You need discipline to keep holding that and not take that profit. Mm -hmm. So I had the discipline because I've been staying away from meat, cheese, eggs, and dairy for, you know, Stronger man than me, brother. Stronger man than me. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I, you know, I felt like, okay, I have the discipline and I have, you know, a clear psychology of how people move and how, you know, what makes them tick. Mm. Let's try this thing out. And, you know, it took me about a year to get it down. But once I got it, I I really got it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious, like. Um, both you might know both myself and Matt started in the same business. You are. We both mm-hmm. had some very very high level clients. Matt more so business me um, athletes, and um, I'm curious. Like speaking of billionaire traders that you go in and, and trade with, particularly ones named Charlie in that industry. There's a there's quite a few big ones. Um, <laughs> what are like the conversations that you have with those guys when you're training them? Because there was a very, very big difference to my like international level clients that the conversation that we'd have during training compared to like the regular Joe. I'm curious, like, what were those conversations like? It sounds so interesting. Well, I'll tell you one good one that really, it was a gut punch, but a, a wake up, you know. And first of all, let me say it, it was not Charlie Munger. I was not trading. Training, training. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, right? I wish. But no, um, his name was Charlie Martin, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so Charlie Martin, he had a a leg injury that pretty much caused him to kind of drag his leg. He really didn't have a lot of feeling in his leg. Mm. And while we're training one day, I walk in and I say, hey, you know, how's your leg feeling? He's like, it's not a good day. My leg hurts. He's like, but I tell you what, if you can make me feel better and you can make my leg, you know, make this pain in my leg go away, I'll give you $5 million. And I went, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> We're all right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll go, I'll go and, find some heroin and we'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So for me, it was, it was su- such a shift in thinking because he just threw around five million dollars like it was five bucks. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Ryan Serhan told me that because we asked him a similar question, like because he he recently sold a hundred and forty seven million dollar house, right? And he was showing the guy like eight million dollar investment properties, and he's like, "Hey, there's this house. We might as well go see it. It's pretty cool." It's, at that, and they, he put took him in, and the and the guy grabbed Ryan by the neck, and he goes, "You son of a bitch! Why did you take me here?" Like that, he was like, "I must have it." He goes, "Whatever it takes, buy it." Like that, and it's one hundred forty-seven million, right? I think it was like a thirty-three million dollar commission. You know, it was something mental, right? Um, wow. And and so I was like, "What's the what's the conversations like when you're dealing with like legit multi billionaires?" And he goes. The difference is money is no longer a resource. It's now a tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, it's no, it's, it's like there's no resource issues. It's just the money is a tool to get what you want. 
So the, it doesn't become like, oh, if I overpay, no, it doesn't matter to me. Like it doesn't matter anymore. They got that much. The pool is so big. It's just taking a, a shot glass out and having a sip, mm. you know? So they just mm. get it done. One of my friends did, because um, I got a lot of friends in like private security. Uh, they did the private security for Bill Gates when he came to Australia about five, yeah. six years ago. And uh, they had, he reckons they spent about $300 million while they were on holiday in about, in about four weeks. Right. Wow. Yeah. So he, he flew back and forth to the States like every third day on a private jet, which was like, as you know, what's that like 350 grand a pop to get there and back? Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> they had, they hired Airbnbs like big giant ones, um, mm-hmm. like privately, but they had all the furniture replaced with the exact same furniture that they had at home. Right. So they could have the same furniture. Then all that furniture was then donated to charity. Right. Wow every single time that they moved houses. And then they tried to rent a super yacht um, for his family and his, and his crew while they were like, wanted to go on the ocean for four or five days, but they couldn't rent it because they weren't Australian residents. So they had to buy them. So he bought $250 million super yachts, one for his family, one for his team, right. To go out for seven days. And then he had someone stay back and resell them. Wow. Like that. And I was like, man, that is amazing. Some people yeah. hear that and go, what excess It's like, well, first of all, people are making that money. So it's yeah. like, he's not, he's not burning it. Like, right. you know, he's, he's mm-hmm. injecting it into an Australian economy. Australian economy mm-hmm. is smaller than the economy of California. Right. So like, thank you, Bill. We appreciate it. Right. right? Uh, <laughs> right? And second of all, I was like, man, like, just the ability to be able to do anything on that on that level is so inspiring because it's like, man, he's doing whatever he wants and whatever he needs, but like everyone benefits from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what I think. People, people say like, we have, it's called tall poppy syndrome in Australia, mm-hmm. um, where it's like the tallest poppy is the one that gets cut down the fastest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, someone's driving a Lamborghini, like, oh, look at this dickhead driving a Lamborghini. But it's like, hey, do you realize how many fam, how many, how many mouths are fed when you buy a Lamborghini? Like, and one, they're a fucking beautiful car. And if somebody wants to spend their money on Lamborghini, buy one. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to buy a Lamborghini. We, Ideally on Instagram. Right? Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> and so I guess, like, what um, do you kind of get that a fair bit? Like, I guess, coming from where you come from, like, I can see it being very polarizing. Either people are like, mm-hmm. fuck Tay, or people are like, yeah, Tay. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I guess, mm-hmm. like, where do you think that comes from for one thing? And also like, I guess, how do you deal with that? I guess coming from where you come from, I can assume that it can create some conflict or some weird situations, you know, that, that you've sort of gotten yourself into. Absolutely, man. You know, I want to tie in what you just mentioned about billionaires, because I think there's something about saying that it's no longer a resource. Money is no longer a resource. It's a tool. And I think that's the transition that needs to happen to get to a billion. You have to start using the money as a tool, not a resource. Mm. And I say that because as I've, you know, you know, I go around, I drive my Lamborghini, you know, I also have a Rolls Royce truck. uh, I've seen it. You got the, you got the, uh, what is it? The starlight, the star, the starlight ceiling, you know. I'll do, I'll stalk your Instagram like a creepy, like a creepy 13 year old girl. (laughs) What's Tay doing doing today? (laughs) And for me, man, honestly, you know, one, yes, I love that's probably the number one thing 
that I, I love is cars. Next would probably be shoes. I spend my money on cars and shoes. Love it. Yeah. Those are my guns. like Mako. Yeah. There you go. Right. Marco loves his shoe, bro. That's right. why we go along. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And what happens, what tends to happen is, yes, there's people who go, you know, he's such a dick. He's such an ass. You know, why would you spend that much money on a car? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And these people usually are of a certain mindset because I like to talk to people. What makes you think, you know, that about me? Elaborate. Why am I a dick? What makes me an ass? Is it because I just have something that maybe you want and you can't get it? Or am I truly a dick or an ass? Because maybe I want to change it, right? Yeah. And what I noticed is a lot of people, they come from an angle of entitlement and they'll go, well, you should, you should have took that $700,000 on the Lamborghini or the 400 that you put on the Cullinan and maybe you should give that away to the hungry, you know, people who are hungry, or maybe you should put that back into a neighborhood that you come from. And I go, okay, makes sense. And I go, well, number one, why aren't you waking up and working hard so you can give all of your money away to the hungry? And they go, well, I don't want to do that. That, does, that doesn't make me wake up. That, that doesn't get me excited to go work so hard. I said, so, okay. So you want me to work hard and give all of the money away, but you wouldn't do that yourself. Mm. Now, I'm a big fan of giving money away and helping, yeah. you know, different car- worthy causes because that's what I do as well. I just, I don't showcase it a lot because I don't, I don't need the pat on the back. Yeah. We just mm. do it because that's what's needed. But one thing that people don't realize is what you see is not everything that happens. So they only criticize what they see. And that's what I've noticed a lot of. Um, the people on the other side who are happy, they love it because I use it for good. I drive my Lamborghini around and I and I like to go in neighborhoods or places where little kids are going to be. And like, oh, my God, are you a rapper? Oh, my God, do you play ball? Yeah. Right. And I go, no, I read books and I'm an entrepreneur and I trade the stock market and they go, whoa, I can do so that. I can read yeah, books. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So for me, it was one of those things where I could inspire. Right. Because same thing. They see my shoes. They're like, man, you got the new Jordans on. You have the new, you know, the new Nikes. And it's like, those are nice. How'd you get them? Once again, I read books. I teach people the stock market. I've started a business, you know, multiple businesses. This is how I got my money. And it just inspires kids to, to want to go or know that there's another option outside of what they've seen. Yeah. And there is something fascinating as well, which is I wanted to ask you because me and you, we're in contact, of course, you know, for the done for you and everything. But it's like your decision making process it's is wild. <laughs> is wild. As I jump on a call with you, I, I dare to call it a sales call, but it's like you were like, okay, yeah. Let's get it done. That's the card ready to go. And sometimes I speak with you. I was like, hey, Dave, we got to get this done. Okay, yeah, yep, just do it. That's my card ready to go. So mm-hmm. most people that watch this podcast are salespeople, right? And they mm-hmm. might struggle with talking with someone is like, hey, man, how do I speak with a sophisticated buyer? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I guess like what dictate that decision-making process that you have now? Like where do you get it from? And where do you feel like the kind of is a benefit on having something like that? If it is. Yeah, well, that's a great question, man, because I've noticed that, you know, 
when you do something, you kind of think a lot of people do that. You're like, oh, that's what everybody does. I guess not, right? Because I get this question all the time. Yeah. For me, where that comes from is two places. Number one, I have put in my mind that money is a tool. So yes, if you tell me, hey, it's going to be this much to do this thing, I want that thing, so let's get it done. No more. You don't need to say anything else to me. <laughs> I'm sold, right? So for me, I do look at money as a tool. Now, time is also a tool slash what's becoming a resource, probably the most valuable resource we have because mm. you can't get time back. So for me, I don't want to spend time going back and forth with someone about a price over, you know, saving a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or even 2000. If I could save 30 minutes or hour a week to give you three grand a month. Let's do it. Because I just bought my time back. So yeah. for me, time has become the most precious thing to me as the more money I make, the more I realize, man, I wish I had more time because now time is <laughs> not running out. I'm still fairly young. I'm only 32. Jeez. But <laughs> but time is really precious to me. The more money I make, I've just realized it's, I, it's something I need to get more of. So whatever I can do, whatever tools I can use to get that time back, oh yeah, we'll use them. We'll do it. Yeah, you can. You can always make more money. You can't make more time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, unless you get rich enough and invent some time machines and stuff like that, which is the ultimate goal. With my high level of income and advances in modern technology, <laughs> probably to two fifty, two forty five. Um, there you go. Yeah, actually, you 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 inspired like uh, like like us to get into the market because like I I come from like I don't come from a bad background or anything, but I I was in the army for a long long time. Like man, I just spent my whole. 20s running and gunning, not saving a dime. Like I lived in the moment. It was very mm. much like, I'm happy to be alive. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so then when I got out, I became a personal trainer. I had no money, started gyms, invested everything, and then kind of walked away from it because the business relationship was going sour. And when we started Sales Sniper, like I had nothing, like nothing. And I was like, uh, just kind of rebooted everything. I had one kid and one on the way. And I had a like a lifestyle that I couldn't afford. Man, it was it was like getting dark there for a while. So I put my I really painted myself into a corner there for, for a bit. Um, but we went we went all in. Like when I hired Marco, like I paid his salary out of like my debt facilities that mm. I had against my name. Mm. Um, wow. So I was just like, let's just let's just go for it. Um, so go. like I, I sort of started hoarding cash. Cause I was like, you know, you get that kind of like, I need money ah, like that, <laughs> like that. Mm -hmm. but like sort of as it become more comfortable and I was like, you know what, say he's doing the market thing. Anyway, I made eight grand last month, just off passively off the market. Just, I'm not like, I don't, I just kind of stuffed it in there. And I was like, I right. looked at my account and I was like, yeah, Tay. <laughs> right? I was like, that's, that's, more the bag, than, right? <laughs> that's more than, you know, I didn't put huge amounts of money. I put a quarter of a million dollars. I didn't put a massive amount of money in there, but, um, and I was like, man, that's more than what, that's a $100,000 a year salary. That's more than what most people make. And I was like, man, like, and that totally changed my mindset around like, man, I can, I can make that money work for me. And now I have a goal. I want to get to $30,000 a month purely from the market. There we go. There you know? we go. And it's like, okay, now, now I've got to go. Cause then I can sit back. All my bills are paid. Everything's happy chappy. And then I can mm -hmm. go and, you know, do my thing. So, mm -hmm. so I make a lot of, I make a good amount of money, but I want to make that passive so I can, so I'm mm -hmm. protected. Right. And that's kind of the way that I see it is like, you know, a lot of these sales guys, some of our, some of our guys are making 60, 70 grand a month. 
you know, mm. that's a good amount of money. Oh, yeah. But you know, they don't do anything with it. So like for those young guys that are listening to this, you know what I mean? And they're starting to do well, I guess like, like what are like the first steps that you would recommend people take in order to start utilizing the cash that they're bringing in, you know, um, to actually start to make them some money? Right. Uh, that's a great question, man, because money being the tool that it is, compound is going to be your best friend. So for me, I'll explain to you a scenario um, of mine that I, I use quite often and I like to teach uh, anybody who wants to buy expensive things. So uh, one of my first really big purchases that I paid cash for was 300K, which was uh, the McLaren. That was my first supercar that I bought. And what I teach a lot of my guys who are banging out decent profits you know, each month I say, hey, before you spend the money, find out how to flip it. Find out how to multiply that money and never spend the money you worked for. So what I tell a lot of guys to look for is look for a vehicle that will allow you to do that, first of all. Real estate is one, yes. It requires a lot more of your time and other people. So you have to print up contracts and you know, have other people to you know, come and check the, you know, the, the real estate and you know, what are the appraisers and all this other stuff. Way too much. I like stock market because it's me and the screen. And what I did was before I took that 300K to buy the McLaren, I put it in an account. I put the McLaren 3000 for the McLaren in a brokerage account. I traded it. It took me two months to double that money. I still didn't take the money and buy the McLaren. I took the then 600K. I put it in another account. I took that money and put it into a stock that I knew would double or triple over the next three years. So now I have 600K inside of shares. Let's just call it Apple. It wasn't Apple, but we'll just say Apple. I put 600K into Apple shares. And then I did what's called a security-backed line of credit. I, I like to give a little game when I do these. So I did a security-backed line of credit, which allows me to take 65% of what I have in Apple shares out as a loan. Mm. So while Apple is still running up in value, run up in price, and that 600K has now, since I've done that, that 600K has turned to almost $2 million. So 600K has turned into $2 million. I had 65% of a loan that I could go buy the McLaren at less than 3% interest a year. Mm. So I took 600K, more than tripled it. <laughs> And then I got my McLaren essentially for free. That goes back to say that the 300000 that originally I was going to spend on a McLaren, it made me way more money and I essentially got the McLaren for free. Well, now, that's genius. Let me say this. <laughs> You're going to have to go back and listen to that because that's a lot. I know. Yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> like, okay, so I buy a McLaren yes. with Apple stocks. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> don't spend your money, invest it, to it, mm -hmm. it gives you enough passive income that you can get the loan on it so it doesn't cost you anything and you can continue to grow that money. And in the end, you've 10x your money plus you've got the car for not as opposed to using that cash investment. Absolutely. Seems pretty Absolutely. pretty reasonable. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's a very sophisticated thing to do, um, which of course, why people need me, right? They come to me and say, Tay, I've heard you say that a thousand times. I still don't know how to do it. Teach yeah. me. 
And that's why I created Secure the Bag. That's why, you know, I also do one on one coaching, things like that, because I know there are people with money. They don't know what to do with it. And I'd rather you be a good steward of your money and actually learn how to grow it and learn how not to spend it and let it work for you. Um, I, I heard a, a really, really rich guy say, hey, my money is a soldier. Every dollar I have is a soldier. And my soldier is going out there and bringing me more money or bringing me more soldiers. Yeah. Right. So you want your money working for you. And that's you what can, I teach. You can spend your money trying to look rich or you can spend your money to get rich. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, okay. So where can the guys find you, man? Yeah, man. So, um, of course, Instagram at Taysweat, T-A-Y-S-W-E-A-T. Uh, that's where I do the bulk of my good stuff. Um, but I also have a YouTube and we're also now doing a free Facebook group where you can come on in and I'll teach you a few, you know, tips and tricks on what we're doing in the stock market. I love awesome. it, man. I love it, dude. Well, man, like I don't want to keep it on it. You're busy, man. And I really appreciate you taking the time and yeah. coming on here and sp- like spreading your knowledge and that kind of stuff. So uh, I thank you so much, man. And I love working with you. Like you are like the avatar of people that I want to work with, the attitude, the humility, and just the actual skill level that you produce and the results that you produce with your clients are fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, go on yeah. to Taste Sweat's Instagram, go on to his YouTube channel and in the Facebook group and have a look at some of the testimonials. They are ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, man, go check it out. And uh, I appreciate you very much, man. And I look forward to working with you for a long time. Yes, sir. Likewise, man. I appreciate you all. All right, Thank brother. You, have man. a good one. Share you, brother. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.